Easy. Hello everybody, welcome to Wombat Radio. We're in Brisbane. Uh, actually, we're in a music studio. Do you want to tell everybody where we are and who you are? <laughs> well, my name is Benny Eli and I'm in my home and in my music room uh, at home, talking to Matt Cornell. So what's in here, mate? A couple of, um, couple of Some records, some amps, some music making devices, some guitars and... Some audio uh, treatment. Oh, that's, yeah, not really. That's about it. Yeah. Oh, it sounds okay. I think with all this stuff in here, it's kind of soundproof. Yeah, you've got to keep buying records to help with it. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, So I keep telling my wife, yeah, (laughs) telling her that the more records in here, the better the records I make in here sound. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's all part of the ambience. What's your um, (laughs) listening to generating ratio in your life? Do you listen a lot? Oh, well... Well, this year I've done two visual art shows. I've been doing more art and mm. just listening a lot, mm. which I find really great for making music, listening mm. more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I feel like I go to do it, I feel uh, um, I feel like I'm yeah, a bit more in tune with it or something. Yeah. And um, I guess I'm keen to hear about if you experience a kind of synesthesia when you work across... Like, is it the, the yeah. music is um, resonating you and that's and that also helps make the visual art? I think it's just getting on this, like, little river that you just oh, get yes, carried yes, down. Yes, yes. Yeah. And then when you're just kind of... I think because I, I discovered this thing years ago about being creative when I went to Europe and had this terrible breakup long before I met my wife and stuff. <laughs> it's a cliche, but it's so true. But it's well. true, yeah. I broke up, <laughs> went to Europe, you know, I was... And I was just actually—I accidentally bought the wrong sketchbook. I bought a, I bought instead of I usually would buy a sketchbook that say fifty pages, yes. and the book the pages are quite thick, like sketchbook quality paper. Yes. But I accidentally bought a notebook, and I had like two hundred and fifty pages. And it had lines on it. No, it was just a normal like notepad. Yeah. And I had so many more pages, and the paper was quite bad quality, yeah. and I couldn't take it back because I was in Europe and I bought it in Australia. And then I just went, oh, well, I'll just make stuff without caring about what I'm doing. And so I was just like, I, it was a to- totally different way to draw because before I would draw and I would think, okay, I'm going to draw a gorilla mm-hmm. and then I'll draw a gorilla. But in this stage, I was kind of just doing a stream of consciousness, consciousness kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then if I did a bad drawing I didn't like... Then I would just write on the page, I hate this drawing, or this is a crap drawing, and is tear it out. in case somebody found it and they thought, oh, that just, you thought it was good? When I look it back at it later, I'd be, you know, like, why did you draw that? And i go, oh, okay, and you obviously didn't like that. It's a disclaimer for your future self. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And then that got me on this weird thing of going, okay, let's just do that with music. Just don't care about what you're going to make. Yeah. Just... Just make and get on this little ride yeah. and see where it takes you. And if you want to tear it out and throw it in the bin, that's totally fine. Yeah. And so the more and more I did that, the more and more I felt that, um, yeah, just making things freely. And then, you know, whether it's music, I'll just kind of just find two chords and just make up stuff and do heaps of songs. And out of 180 songs, there might be 10 I like. But you listen back to it later and go, oh, yeah, that's not such a great idea. But eventually it just felt like I was on this kind of thing of just making without a preconceived notion of what I was going to make. 
So I was doing that with art and then like I'd do it like this year I did a visual art show and then I hung it and then I went straight into music and felt like I was doing music the same way. Yeah, right. Just kind of like... Just generate. You know, just goofing along. Uh uh And then if I find a good idea, then that's that's good for me. How do you know when you found a good idea? Or do you know? Oh, yes. Sometimes it feels like an immediately good idea. Or sometimes I'll I'll have... I like recording on cassette tapes and I have, you know, a couple cases of tapes and I'll go back, I'll date them... And then I'll go back and listen to them through and go, you know, either what the hell was I thinking or that could go on my next record sort of mm-hmm. thing. Or that could go on this band's record or that could go on this record. So the, the cassette recording is like a, an acoustic thing. You'll just put it on in the room and the cassette yeah. will record the entire room sound. You're not recording like MIDI keys or anything? No, it's just banging away on something. Banging <laughs> away on my guitar, banging away on a keyboard or, you know, a bass, or even just la la la, you know, just sort of <laughs> making up something as I go along. So, yeah, I think that's a, that's a, it's a, I, I think if you want to find, I don't know, to me, I felt like it, that kind of approach has been very helpful to find a style. Yeah. A style for, I feel like through that process, I've struggled for years to try and find a style for my visual art and I finally felt like I found it through that idea and I feel like through my solo stuff I found a way to do my solo thing through that approach because you're not going okay I'm going to make a flower and then there's a flower you just draw and if it turns out to be a flower then that's flower it might be an elephant flower or a universe Mm -hmm. flower Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, And there's the idea that um, you... Oh, no, I just had a blank. Yeah, but I I feel that 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 approach has has helped me recently. Yeah. And then I feel like, yeah, if you you shift between mediums... Yes. Whether it's um, music or art or... um, yeah, or, or anything, or write, or creative writing, or something. It's just it, it seems to just be the same thing. Mm. And you know how a lot of people say, oh, you know, if you want to be successful at something, you just have to focus on one medium, one sort of form. Like, yeah. just be a dancer. Yeah. Don't be. You know, I I I feel like. How's that going? Just I've, being a dancer and just focusing on your dancing. Oh, my dancing! Yeah, yeah. Well, my dancing is incredible. <laughs> Everybody tells tells me I suck. But it <laughs> feels okay. okay. Exactly. It feels alright to me. You're ahead of your times. <laughs> Actually, when you when you're working with dance, yeah, and you're making music with dance and for dance, like music that dancing is going to happen with. Ooh. Do you feel that differently? Like, do you watch the dance that's happening and? Yeah, I, I like it. Yeah. I like it because, I mean, I guess I like looking at, at dance, I guess, as you would look at anything, whether mm. it's a song or a painting, and just go, you know, obviously I don't know the technical terms and the intricacies, the technicality of dance, but mm. I guess I'd try and, you know, uh, collaborate in a way where I, I'm an outside pair of eyes who I, I feel like, um, yeah... I like to have some input, whether it's valid or not. But when, um, when you watch dancing that doesn't have any music, mm. do you make up your own music or do you 
imagine the music that it could be? Yes. I mean, I, I've been, I, I did something with Gavin um, at the corner. That corner was that kind of workshop. Oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. That was run at the corner in Federal. In Federal. Yeah. And um, I was quite nervous about working with Gavin in that. Mm. And he said, I'll just set up your amps. And I just set up all my amps. I brought in all my pedals. Yeah. And then he had the whole hall full of people. And lucky, luckily enough, it was a beautiful, big old wooden hall that sounded nice. You know, you hit a note and it just would go, <laughs> and, it, and it was great. Okay, so you're playing the room as well. Yeah, and so he said, look, let's just improvise together. And, you know, I mean, you can collaborate with people from other mediums just as you would dance with the dancer, mm-hmm. you could work with the dance a musician as a musician would jam with other musicians, mm-hmm. and that's what I discovered through him, which he helped me, you know, work out. Yes, you can do that, which was really nice. So you know, I mean, you kind of just try and be intuitive and and work along with how the movement's going, and it's an improvisation, and that's something with music that I've always loved. And I love people and socializing and being in a rehearsal space and just improvising with other musicians. Mm. I've always really loved that spontaneity and the fact that it's like a conversation that's not English. This is what I was thinking. It's like there's a, yeah. there's a space where you can transcend English or, mm. or a spoken language because you're communicating basically i imagine tell me if this is what you experience that they do something and then that triggers you yeah and then you do that thing back to them as an offer yeah rather than as a uh, finished idea exactly and you offer something that's unfinished so that they can in turn yeah offer something else that's unfinished yeah. And I find that such a, a healthy way for humans to interact with each other mm-hmm. because it's a conversation, but, you know, there's no gossip involved. There's yeah. no bitchiness. There's no there's argument. no argument, yeah. you know, generally. It's I mean, if you're not paying attention, it can be a little disjointed. Yeah, you can be having different conversations. Exactly. But, yeah, there's something inherent in, like, with, with spoken language that it is based on logic which is based on rationale which is Mm -hmm. based on an argument a binary state Mm. that you have to take a position in but if you're somehow if you're improvising with somebody beyond spoken or written language there's a you everybody wants it to succeed yeah and and if everyone's sort of conscious of of the actions of the other person and if you're paying attention and consciously in the room and paying attention to each movement and sound then I feel like, yeah, it is a, it's probably the healthiest conversation you can have with another human. And I think, you know, I think that's what I love. I've always loved that about music, but discovering that you can do that, you know, through different mediums is, um, it's, it's really, it's pretty exciting. I think it's cool. How do you do that? How do you listen? Well, I think, I think it's just a thing of being conscious. Okay. Like, like when you're in the world, like if you're walking down the street, and you see an old lady, you know, you don't just kind of cut her off or you kind of, you know, mm. you know, knock her down the stairs. <laughs> you know what I mean? You kind of, well, you, can you, do it you have to move through the world consciously right. and be aware of your surroundings. Mm. And I think if you're a sensible adult, you'll see what you can do to help people in the world. Yeah. And if you have a childish kind of attitude, you'll probably just see where you fit in. Yeah. 
So if you're a conscious adult in a creative world, I think you could you can have some pretty amazing interactions with other humans. Mm. I, I think, and I think. Yeah, if I don't do it fairly regularly, I get a bit grumpy. Yeah, what is that? I don't know, it's funny, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, because I might not jam or go hang out with friends and play music. Yeah. Like, I kind of have to do it once a week. You know, my my wife will say, you know, I think it's time you go and have a jam because, you know, I'll just get a little bit frustrated. Yeah. Because it's a nice release. Yeah, and it, it saves you from yourself somehow. Saves you from your own yeah. internal. I find yeah. that working on something saves me from listening to my own internal dialogue about exactly all the other bullshit. Yeah, it's like a nice meditation. Mm. Yeah, I definitely feel that with visual art in different. I mean, visual art is a very different thing. Yeah, because you are, you have this focus on color and shape, and even though it might be quite basic, but at the end of the day, I have this sense of light i feel very light and calm Mm -hmm. and i feel like my glass is filled sort of thing it's it's a strange feeling i don't get it so much from music but yeah and i think that's a feeling that you can get from music it might be an idea i just had listened to is that the life happens Mm. around you and you happen to it and that produces a bunch of entropy and chaos yeah and then a process of generating or creating a thing is putting that chaos into order. Yeah. Even if the order has the attributes of chaotic by the, the shape yeah. or the size or the loudness yeah. or the distortion pedals, but you still have funneled chaos into a piece of something. Yeah. And there's like, there's a sense of um, resolve. Yeah. But, and, but it's kind of nice when things aren't so precise. And if, mm. like that idea someone woman told me the other day, like the idea of the tapestry and you um, purposefully do a wrong do wrong stitching in it to make it look a bit wrong. Yeah, right. You know, that, you, that having, it ca- have, having chaos in the, in the controlled mm. f- form that you've created is, is good. And I think that's why I've always loved punk. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> yes. punk rock music because I mean the first time I saw a punk band I just went oh my it was like I saw God I, I felt like it was a very religious type mm. feeling because these people um, and that's another thing that I went and saw Grant Hart who passed away recently who was a drummer in a band called Husker Du I went and saw him play last time he came to Brisbane and he said someone he had a Q&A after this little in-store mm. gig and some guy said, how much do you practice? And he said, I make a point of never practicing. And he said, why? And he said, because the more technical ability you have, mm. you'll focus on that and the less of your personality will shine through what you do. Mm. And then I, I kind of went, I kind of thought that I, I, that really resonated with me. I thought that was a really nice comment because um, I like that idea that having limited technical ability Mm. can have this, you know, a good reflection of your character and your personality. Yeah. And it also allows for a little more of the frayed edge of the chaos to exist in what you're doing. Yeah. I find that with, with dance that the people who have trained in the thing that they're interested in Mm. rather than trained to be as versatile as possible, Mm. 
you see them for better or worse you always see them when they dance rather than seeing um the like the choreographer's dream or vision sure. or whatever. you still see that but like when joshua thompson is performing i see josh when kate oh, is performing yeah. i see and they're they're all incredibly technically able yeah um but within that technical ability they know what's important yeah which is their own frayed edges their yeah. own humanity the character yeah their the personality character. Yeah, exactly and i like that i think that's what's um it's like having enough to back up yeah and you'll feel more for what that what's happening i think i, I think so. you'll you'll kind of you're, you'll be more emotionally connected yeah. than if you were to see the ballet i think or something or yeah, or and to see a, a really like finely tuned orchestra or something like that. Yeah, yeah. There's there's those discussions around break dancing as well. Like, uh-huh. who? Because when you judge a break battle, yeah, you've got to judge on um, originality mm. as well as technical ability to pull the move off, mm. as well as your um, musicality. Mm. And so if somebody has all of the technical ability and none of the musicality, they're yeah. not dancing anymore. Sure. And they get people get called out for that. Yeah. And right. then at the same time... Because the idea is to connect to the music, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what... Mm. For me, that's what dancing is. Yeah. It's a, it's a physical connection with yeah. some rhythm, even if that rhythm is your own heartbeat or your own... Sure. Um, what's the word? Like... Um, your own craziness. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's great. I mean, yeah, I mean any kind of break dancing that I've seen where it's someone who's sort of really kind of just come with something completely, yeah, you know, yeah. all original. I mean, I, I love that stuff yeah. where it's just completely, it's not really uh, attached to any kind of um, tradition that's come before. No. Sort of thing. I think that's what because when you're saying you had that moment of seeing God when you found punk. Yeah, I felt the same way when I first heard hip hop. Yeah. And I'd somehow grown up in Darwin, okay. listening to like rock, yeah. white Australian rock. Yeah. And then I suddenly was exposed because I was surrounded. Darwin has a large Indigenous population, and yeah. so of course, and a, also a large um, non-white population. And my friend yeah. Tian, who I worked with recently on a dance show, yeah, she told me when she was growing up as a teenage girl in Darwin, culturally, yeah. you were either white or black. Oh. And because her, she was, her mum was um, from Badayu ethnicity, which is a part of Malaysia, which yeah. has been subsumed into the nation of Malaysia. Mm-hmm. She was like, well, I'm not white. Mm. So I guess my culture is black. And so music clips of African-American people dancing yeah. became the way that she danced and is the way that she sees herself in her body. Yeah. And I think as soon as I saw that there was a, like a way to be a bunch of dudes with a bunch of other dudes and not be aggressive about it yeah or something like that i really that drew me whereas the pub rock yeah. doesn't really let you be um i don't know i didn't i didn't feel like it let me have mates that i could be sure with but isn't the whole like the concept of the rap of the break dancing like the battle that's kind of like exactly. is that, that's yeah so you feel that's not sort of aggressive this is the funny thing like isn't it kind because of like a, a, a kinship or something i think the there, there's a real like mm, martial arts approach which is right. you cannot achieve your full potential yeah 
without a worthy opponent. Oh, okay. And so for you to become, yeah. then you need to value and prize yeah. and appreciate this person who's going to push you to become. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so they become essential for your becoming. Mm. And I think that is... So they kind of help pull you up and prove your start and give you confidence, more confidence and all yeah, of the things yeah, yeah. that go along with that. And Which to me, I could re reframe as an improvisation yeah which is like hey we're both here to dance and how do we make offers to each other of how you can be better and then i can be better that's cool isn't it cool i think for a teenage boy that sounds very positive (laughs) i think so i think because it's a way of kind of you know focusing on something that's you know it's healthy it's physically um demanding i guess it's good for your body um i guess it's like you know emotionally or satisfying physically satisfying you also you must have felt this though as well you also just have so I, much energy as a teenage boy oh yeah I, I well you know grow up in the suburbs and you know all like similar kind of thing all we had was you know top of the pops or heavy metal like metallica yeah. and then um but I, in a similar way i felt like with other musicians it was like that um i i kind of was very drawn to people who were really good players yeah and i used to like you know having that like what we were talking about before, this improvisation together. Mm. And them showing me some technical ability uh, to improve myself enough to kind of just keep up. Mm. And then I felt like playing with people that were better than me helped me improve a lot, which was good in a similar way to maybe a dance battle can. Does it feel feel different um, making a song and then performing it on stage? versus making an art and then hanging it on the wall and then you don't even have to be there for people to come and see the art the art thing is so it's quite different yeah i mean yeah i mean um, maybe it's not so different actually because you know you can make songs and it's happened quite a lot where you're in a band room with your mates and you might you know be be playing around and find some cool riff or improvise and out of that improvisation you can kind of you know, but like you're saying, banging the, the chaos into some sort of structure, semblance of a song, and you go, oh, my God, that's great. This is going to work well. And then you go and play it, and everyone's like, just play the next song. You know, they don't get it. Yeah. And I feel like art can be like that too. You know, I mean, my last, last show I painted was at 93 paintings, and I hung about 86. And some of them I thought, no. Nah. I don't think that that's good enough. I don't, shouldn't hang it. But, you know, like my kids and my wife were like, you should hang that. That's good. And there was the first ones that sell. So, you know, you can't tell. That's so See, crazy. Everybody has their own taste, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what you like. Like, you know, there's heaps of music out there that lots of other people will buy that I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want it in my collection. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And um, it's like that with... with you know everyone has that's what I find so interesting about humans you know everyone has their own little kind of um has their own taste and their own whatever maybe it's like the thing that soothes them or something yeah that they connect with it's like yeah something yeah very different to what you think which is really interesting been thinking about this that most of the time we just spend like self-medicating whether that's going for a walk (laughs) finding a song or whatever um because the human condition is so fraught with 
just like basic existential anxiety. And so most yeah. of what we do yeah. is to not fall into that. And whether that's like helping out for somebody or trying to get rich and famous or trying to learn how to play something. It's interesting, isn't it? Isn't it? It's like all these activities, all these different ways that people have found to soothe that. And I guess there's more healthy ways of doing that than others. Like, you know, you might <laughs> yeah. become a heroin addict, which yeah. is one way of completely you know, nullifying all of those feelings. I tell that to my teenage daughters all the time. I say, you know, when you go through your life, if I could teach you anything that I've learned is that you have to sit in with all of your feelings and sometimes they can feel like they're just a huge stone pushing down on you and it might feel like too much, but you just, just put yourself in the feeling and feel it and it will you'll get through it and things will become easier and you just keep doing it and then the more distractions the more you try and distract yourself from you know this state then um yeah i you have to confront this stuff at some point Mm. yeah you know what i mean but it took me a while to learn that i think because when i was young i probably you know drank a lot you know smoked a lot of pot or something like that you know to yeah Mm. but that yeah well maybe art and music and dancing they're some of the nicest ways yeah to To try and make sense of it yeah yeah because it's a way i even remember going to an irish pub in darwin and there would be a band that would come and sing and i don't know if any of them were any good because I don't know enough about Irish music. <laughs> but what they were was welcoming. And so if you wanted to play lagophone with them, oh, or if you wanted to sing along with them, that's cool. That was the function of them being in this public space. Right. And you know what I, I think I, I, I think that is the, the whole purpose of music. Is the whole purpose is for that kind of cathartic uh, you know, shakedown of those feelings. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. that's what it's for. It is for the community and it is for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not just for the stage. And the best concerts are on the floor yeah. with you right there. And if people, and that's why I liked punk as well, because, you know, everyone's just, you know, coming on and taking microphones or, and I do love the, um, the feeling of one with everybody being involved. I think music should be like that. Yeah. And I think over the last century, you know, music has become a commodity. You know, I mean, let's, let's kind of punch it down so it fits on a 45 record and can be played on the radio yeah, just for long enough so, so you don't get bored. On a 45. That's why so many Elvis's songs are so short. So short. Yeah. And that was, you know, it's really kind of commodified yeah. the whole concept of music. You know, I did a tour. Um, I drove this guy from Syria. He's a singer called Omar Soliman. Yeah. He came out and he got signed to this great record label in America and... They were like, oh, well, you know, all he'd released is cassette tapes. He'd put out like 130 cassette tapes and each cassette had like one song on them. Cool. And that was like, and in Syria, there's no venues. So all he played was weddings and the weddings would go for three days. And he, each song was a story and each song would go for four or five hours like anywhere between two and a half to say six hours long because that's how long it took to tell the story. Mm. And so, and then he signs to this label in America and they're like, 
you know, we need you to do a, you know, three to five minute radio song. He said, um, you know, I'm just going to say once upon a time. And that's all, you know, it's this, and I mean, you know, this is a, this is just a different Mm -hmm. concept of music. You know, like our First Nations people would have, you know, these musical journeys that would start at, as the sun go down, go for days. I think this is, you know, that's where music was. Yeah. So if you take, if you just, you know, it's just an interesting thing to consider, to ponder yeah. the whole space between a three-day song to a three-minute song yeah. on a little record. Yeah. And you know, it's a very big difference, all isn't it? different modes that you're in as a listener to be able to listen to it. Ooh. As you go through the day, you listen to something at 11 a.m. on a Tuesday, it's like, ah. Oh. But you listen to something at 2.30 a.m. Yeah. on a Thursday night and that starts to hit you more. It's like the witching hour or something. Oh, yeah. So what I think about... And, then, and you think about everyone in the community, as you said, like with the Irish band. Yeah. Everyone is kind of involved. And, and everyone's there with the story. Yeah. It's not just you on with your earbuds in going, catching a train, listening to Jay-Z's new song. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. It's a very different... Um, How do you do with, deal with um, making music by yourself? Uh, well, if I do it solo, I guess it's more of a... I guess that's how I, I kind of, you know, differentiate between, say, if you're making music for a dance show, yeah. I'd probably try and keep, keep the three-day, you know, Omar Solomon frame in mind yeah. where it's this kind of... It's a community sound and it's kind of got to be something that's written that supports the group and the group can be involved in and and that's the sound. But if I do something solo, it's probably more intimate and maybe stories or or something. If I like to write little stories that fit into songs and things like on my last record. Um, So, yeah, I guess if it's my solo stuff, it's probably a little bit more personal. And, and that, boring. Yeah, does that <laughs> boring to do? Like, does oh, it no, I, I, think it's, I think it's quite fun. Okay. It's it funny because if you tell your story, yeah. if I tell them at gigs, yeah. a lot of people who live from the same era as me will say, like on the last record I told a lot of stories from Brisbane in the early 90s when I was younger and kind of crazy, and then a lot of people at the gig, if they're my age, they'll be like, oh, you know, I remember that happening or I remember something similar happening to me. So people uh, will use the stories, of my stories, to kind of reflect on their own uh, their own lives, I guess. Yeah, something like that. And how about, because um, I find the most fun is making anything with others. Yeah, yeah, I do love that too. That's pretty good. And then it seems like that's not... It's not essential anymore. You can be independent and you can layer yourself up, and so something's lost in there, even if it's just the joy of the process. Well, you think if you were making something sol- like solo, sort of thing, doing yeah. a solo? Well, I think about even, I remember someone telling me, maybe it was Morganics, he was telling me he met this kid who could pop and lock mm. incredibly and had taught himself from YouTube and so was not part of a community. Uh huh and had the skills but didn't have all the side effects of those skills which is being part of a yeah a crew or something friends yeah um but i but there is some pleasure in popping and locking yes 
whether you're with someone or without, yeah. I think you still will be getting some physical, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, if I, I did do solo shows, I've been doing them more often lately. Oh, like, no, no, we're just playing <laughs> and singing the guitar, and I yeah. kind of I look around and go, oh, I wish I had my band with me yeah. to kind of support me. But um, I guess it's quite a challenge. You, you've, I think I just have to keep reminding myself that, you know, I, I just, I love the feeling of singing and it does have that feeling of, um, of um, lightening the load a little. Mm. And um, yeah, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely harder without a crew, without a band, without a team or without a company or something. Yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts about the future? To wrap up, any big hopes, like your biggest hope? <clears throat> well, I just, well, I guess just keep trying to, um, I just love every day. Like, I just love doing what I'm doing and whatever it is. I, I kind of would like to explore more of that idea of the community and making music or dance shows with with groups of people and, and sort of taking it back to what I think music was essentially about, where everyone should be involved. Yeah. You know, I've been thinking about working on a project to try and, you know, allow that to happen more. Yeah. Yeah. I did a project called Danced Together. Oh, okay. It's like, what's the space in between a, a breakdance battle and a dance floor at a club where, like, at the club, you can't really use all your dancing skills because you'll knock into somebody. Yeah. But in a breakdance battle, you've got to do breakdancing yeah it's a battle so what is the other space where people who don't dance the same dance can come together but still dance their full skill set whether it's tango or acrobatics or whatever love it that's like uh what is it street fighter where there's like guys from all over the world who are just like i do brazilian jiu-jitsu oh well well, i do uh, karate (laughs) so it's like that actually it's like how because we live next door to people who we don't dance the same dance as anymore. Yeah. It used to be that everybody would do the same dance. Same dance. And now we don't, but yeah. we still need to come together and dance or come together and play music. Or even that thing of people saying like, you know, I don't dance or I don't sing or I don't play music. And I go like, fuck off. Like you do, you know, everybody does. Yeah. You know, even in the shower. If, you, if you think you don't, but you do, yeah. you know, even when you're talking, you're singing. Yeah. If you're driving even, your car and you have a little group. And exactly. You when you're you walking, you're time. moving, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. Maybe you don't kind of consciously allow it, but I think you still do it. Yeah. Right. I think you can play. Yeah. People are like, Oh, you know, I can't play guitar. Like, yeah, everyone can play the guitar. You'd just be like, you know, you just play one string and, you know, that's okay. Uh, you know what I mean? I just think that, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can really kind of confine yourself way too much. I think a lot of us can. Yeah. Uh, it can be a little bit afraid to go, oh, yeah, I'll be a dancer today <laughs> or I'll be a, you know. Yeah, 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 for sure. I always feel a bit sad when people say that to me, like, oh, yeah, I don't sing or I don't dance, you know. Because I'm sure when they were five, they were doing it all the time. Mm -mm -mm. But anyway. I actually went for a flight in a helicopter last week. Oh, yeah. Did you just fly a helicopter? <laughs> yeah, because I want to see what that's like. And then wow. you can go and there's someone else, obviously, who's very good at it. There's an instructor yeah. and you but can they give you the flight. 
Wow. There's three different controls and you try yeah. each control separately because all three uh, together is a bit like yeah, yeah. You and rubbing your belly at the same time. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like making a phone call. Mm. Uh, but it put me straight back in that thing where I was like, mm. this is a thing that I thought was really cool that I thought I was never going to do. Yeah. And now I'm doing it. And then it reminds you, oh, it's actually just allowing. Yeah. Letting and allowing and making space. Yeah. Mm. It's good. Cool. So we're going to make spaces for people to come together and play music. Yeah, Even if they were playing nice. the same music. Because then it helps that. people practice listening to each other as well. And it'd be good to get people who are, just say, I mean, just say, for example, you set up 10 drum kits in a circle yeah. and you put, you know, maybe four drummers who could really play yeah. really technically well and then get a bunch of people who can't. Yeah. They'll be playing. Yeah. They'll be playing with them. Great. Yeah. I think, you know. And they will come away going, wow, that was, that was yeah, just like your break battle. You, mm-hmm. You've got to kind of, yeah, and then you've just got to be, I guess, not afraid to kind of give it a try. Look maybe. silly. Yeah. Doesn't, I don't think anyone, you know, that's kind of part of the fun though, isn't it? Mm. Looking silly. This should be entertaining. Yeah, it's part of the, <laughs> yes, it's true. It's part of the fun whenever it's not a discussion. Yeah. Because in discourse... In talking, you always want to like be smart or something, but actually, yeah. yeah, when you're doing something together, yeah, our band's made a career out of fucking up and being un- unprofessional. We do it all the time. We always forget songs. Mm. And we're like, hey, idiot, stop, stop the band, stop. Everyone loves it. People love it when they can see like, you know, imperfections in people. Mm. Like we do it on purpose, and like I definitely will do it on purpose, and the people love it. People will love it if they can see that you're not perfect. Awesome. Yeah, it's great. Maybe that's the wisdom to finish yeah. on them. Don't you have a plan? You should yeah, catch I your plan. <laughs> Thank you.